Shopify presents Cool Sheets from AHA to Lying awake while you bake isn't cool. I suffered from the wrong kind of hot in bed, heat-induced insomnia. That was my AHA moment. Bed sheets that keep you cool. Then I thought, how do I even sell bed sheets? That's when I had the idea that made it all possible. Signing up on Shopify. With the help of Shopify's intuitive online store creator, I started selling sustainable bamboo sheets that keep cool year-round. And my cool idea became a reality. Hot sleepers around the world rejoiced. Shopify makes it simple to keep your cool while starting and growing your business. Start selling with Shopify today and join the commerce platform powering millions of businesses worldwide. From aha to anything is possible. This is Possibility, powered by Shopify. Start selling online today. Sign up for a free trial at shopify.com slash free 22. Shopify.com slash free 22. Here's what's cooking on today's Sports Stove Podcast. We continue our NFL preview with the South Divisions, the AFC and the NFC, with fantasy impact players, sleepers, as well as our win predictions for the season. That's what's cooking on today's Sports Stove Podcast. From Belly Up Sports and the Belly Up Podcast Network, you're listening to the Sports Stove Podcast with your host, Vince Stover. Welcome in to a new edition of the Sports Stove Podcast, presented locally by IPM Pest and Termite, Central Kentucky's neighborhood pest professionals. Welcome into the new program. We are continuing our NFL preview series with the South Divisions. Joining me as he has been in all of these episodes is my dad, Dale Stover. Dad, how you doing? Doing good, doing good. It's exciting. Football got started with preseason last week and um, won't be long for the real games will be here. That's right. We're getting much, much closer all the way around. And uh, definitely excited about what is ahead. We're talking about the South Division today and uh, some things to, to get to in that. We'll get to that in just a moment. Uh, Dad, there was some uh, breaking NFL news today. Tight end Tim Tebow uh, gets uh, sent home and uh, gave it a valiant effort, I would say. But nonetheless, uh, there he is. So uh, thoughts on the Tim Tebow tight end. Uh, what's the word for that? Uh, uh, experiment. There you go. Um, it was, again, I hadn't followed it a whole lot. Obviously, with Urban Meyer being the coach, if Tim Tebow can't make it there in that situation um, and went off with the early cut, then, um, you know, I, I don't think he's going to. Um, from there, I'm sure he's probably disappointed. But, um, again, I think he does fine with, uh, with some of the other ventures he's involved in. And, um, again, you know, it didn't look like he was going to um, make it from the start. I held out a little bit of optimism that maybe he would make it. Um, I think he athletically is good enough, but he obviously does not have the fundamentals of a different position down. And at the end of the day, I think we've seen the last of Tim Tebow on an NFL field, at least in uniform. And, uh, and on he goes back to his life in the booth. And uh, he'll be, I'm sure, on all the SEC stuff again, ESPN and things like that. So um, valiant effort, good effort, Tim. Uh, you know, one of the things that was brought up by Aaron Torres on Twitter, I was actually getting ready to make a post similar, and Aaron Torres beat me to it, so I just retweeted him. But everybody talks about mental health and the importance of mental health. Yet, when Tim Tebow fails, boy, those same people who scream, we need to be careful and be kind and be uh Cautious and aware of people's mental health are the same people mocking, teasing, and trashing Tim Tebow for playing football. So, uh, good job, people. Way not to be hypocrites. Um, it's an interesting, interesting world that we live in, isn't it, Dad? Uh, yeah. but <laughs> nonetheless, uh, we are excited today to talk some more football. We want to welcome in some new listeners to the podcast. Um, and actually, it's on the radio. We are uh, officially part of the Unhinged Radio and excited for our new listeners hearing us for the first time there on Unhinged Radio. So welcome in all of our new listeners. Make sure you follow us on Twitter and on Instagram at Sports Stove for both of those at Sports Stove on Twitter and Instagram. You can follow us 
there and catch. Uh, make sure you don't miss any of the things that we do. Of course, we do our regular episodes each week, and then we also will be having a podcast version only episode that we call the Sports Stove Local Hour, where we cover all things uh, Kentucky and Eastern Kentucky sports. And so we're excited to kick that off in September as well. So make sure you go wherever you listen to podcasts and subscribe to the Sports Stove Podcast there to make sure you don't miss any content. All right, Dad, the NFC and AFC South divisions, they're interesting divisions. I, I enjoyed our North Division conversation that we had. Um, a lot of interesting teams and up-and-coming teams in the North Division. The South Division's interesting. I think they're kind of different between the NFC and the AFC South. The NFC is a little bit more competitive um, from top to bottom, at least I think it is. And uh, we ran a poll this week for the NFC South where we asked who is going to be the most improved team in the NFC South. Pollsters said 41% of them said the Panthers. 35% said the Buccaneers would be the most improved team, which I thought, well, they won the Super Bowl. How, how can they be the most improved team? Uh, but they got the second in the, in the polls and then the Saints and the Falcons both at 12%. Dad, when I asked this question, in my mind, it was going to be between the Panthers and the Falcons. One of them would be the most improved teams. The Falcons with a new head coach, um, with some changes with the personnel, with Julio Jones gone and uh, the big draft pick of Kyle Pitts. And then the Panthers, you got a new quarterback, uh, kind of trying to carry on the momentum that the Carolina started with last season. They're hopefully they're healthy and things like that as well. Most improved team in the NFC South. Who would you go with? Uh, I think Carolina is probably who I would pick, but unlike you, Atlanta, um, I think Atlanta may surprise people. They've been down, and, um, you know, you never know. They may stay that way, but the divisions probably in some ways can be a little more competitive than it has been for them. Um, But I think Carolina is poised with their coach and uh, with everything there, and we'll talk about them, I'm sure, in a little bit. Um, I Carolina's who I would have said. All right. Well, let's start with the NFC South. We're going to start with the Atlanta Falcons. Um, and, uh, key additions to the team. Listen, there's other additions too, but it really comes down to Kyle Pitts in the draft. He's the main big addition. Of course, they had the big subtraction when you talk about, uh, losing Julio Jones. They also, uh, uh, maybe downgraded, I think, at running back. Mike Davis is there. Uh, but they've got, you know, they're, they're just, they lose some people there as well, but they bring in a new uh, football coach and that's going to ideally change things around there in Atlanta. Uh, they lose some really good players. I think Atlanta is going to be better than most people expect. Um, I'm interested to see with the new coach how that has an effect. I've always had the philosophy. If you have a team that brings in a new head coach and he's an offensive minded head coach, the first year is going to be better than the second year. So the first year is when they come out and kind of can surprise people a little bit, do some things that are unexpected uh, there. So that's kind of what I expect there. I think Matt Ryan will have one of his best seasons in a while, and he's been a very consistent quarterback. I compare him and Stafford kind of in the same category. They don't get a lot of love. They don't get a lot of appreciation. But at the end of the day, very, very good quarterbacks. And I think that Matthew Ryan is going to be a guy – that uh, is going to show out this year and be rather impressive this year with the tools that he has uh, to play with. They've got a, a good receiving core. They've got, obviously, the top tight end in the draft and Kyle Pitts as well. I'm a little worried about the run game, but uh, that's one of the reasons I think Ryan will have such a good season is because they're going to need him to have a good season for them to have any success this year at all in Atlanta. Dad, your thoughts on the Falcons? Well, again, I, I think they could be improved. Um, how much, you know, we'll see. I've always liked Matt Ryan. He has been a very good quarterback, and I think he's still got some years left uh, there. I think, you know, he does have some weapons that will be interesting about, the, you know, how good that Kyle Pitts is, uh, and especially right off. But that could make a big, big difference there. And they have several good players. You're right about the run game. Probably it'll come down, and I don't know exactly where they're at on the offensive line. But, again, if he gets protection, uh, then they could have a really good offense um, from there. 
Um, you know, their defense will need to play well, but again, I think in the division they're in, um, you know, again, that'll, that'll be a key, but I think Atlanta can be better than they've been the last few years. Arthur Smith comes in from the Titans. He, while at the Titans, the tight ends were used a lot. John U. Smith had some great years there, which led to a good contract in New England. Uh, Delaney Walker before him as well. And that's Arthur Smith's kind of niche, so to say. He was the tight ends coach before he was the offensive coordinator in Tennessee. And so now he comes to Atlanta. You give him Kyle Pitts, who's, who's basically a receiver in a tight ends body. Uh, you give him, Calvin Ridley as well. You give him Matt Ryan and you, you expect him to do something with it. We talk about the division and we'll continue to talk about the division here in a second. But outside of the Buccaneers, you know, this is a division that, that is open, right? I mean, I think most people think the Buccaneers win this division. The other teams, in my opinion, are very close in talent, very close in winning ability. And it's going to be an interesting fight for second place in the division. And I think Atlanta is going to be right in that fight. As a matter of fact, I think they're going to be a little bit better than that. We'll get to that in just a second. Let's talk about some fantasy impact uh, with the Atlanta Falcons. Uh, I've got a couple guys. Matt Ryan is in there. I already said I think he's going to have his best season uh, that he's had in a while. Calvin Ridley, I absolutely love at wide receiver. He is the number one wide receiver. And I think even if Julio was there, and again, in Julio's prime, Julio was one of the best receivers in the NFL. But last year, I think Ridley started to take that that role over, and uh, we'll do fine there. And then I think Kyle Pitts, the tight end, is going to be impressive in year one as well. I think he's going to get a lot of catches uh, and some touchdowns to go with it as well. So those are the three studs that I'm looking at uh, fantasy-wise. How about you? Yes, those are the three guys there, and they're all guys – that um, I think can and should be picked fairly high. Um, you know, again, I think Ryan is really dependable. He's not one of the top three or four quarterbacks that will probably be taken, but you're not going to be hurt if you get him as your quarterback. Uh, if you've got some other good players earlier, Ridley, um, I've had him before. I like him. I think he's getting better and better. Uh, not, you know, not very old yet, and um, I think he can do well. Pitts, again, it'll be interesting. You're right. Uh, the coach at the Titans, when he was at the Titans, used the tight ends a lot. So this is probably a great place uh, for Pitts to be. And I think those are the main guys. Um, it'll be interesting. Like you said, I think it could be a downgrade at running back. Um, but Davis, you know, had a good year at Carolina filling in when he needed to. And, um, you know, he might be a good late round guy. You just don't know how he's going to do right away. Yeah, definitely. Uh, I'm, I'm not in on Mike Davis. Uh, it's not to say that he won't score fantasy points or anything like that. He's just a guy that I'm avoiding. And I hate saying that before we have our fantasy drafts, but it is what it is. Uh, fantasy sleeper for Atlanta. I've got Russell Gage, the wide receiver. Um, he's shown some promise already. I think he's going to have a good year this year. Again, this is a, a late round pick that you can get, uh, for Atlanta. And so Russell Gage is that guy for me. Kyle Pitts, the only rookie worth noting, uh, in Atlanta to watch for fantasy wise. The Atlanta Falcons, dad, the win total is at seven games for Atlanta. Uh, do you think they go over or under seven games? Um, uh, seven should be just about where they're at. They could go over and get eight. Again, this year's a little different with 17 games. Um, but I, I think that's probably about right in the right spot. Well, due to my, my philosophy of new head coach, offensive minded, first year being better than the second year, I've got them at nine wins this year. So I've got them over seven. I actually have them finishing second in the division. Uh, at nine wins. And I just think it's, it's set up for them to have some success this year and, uh, and be able to do better defensively and offensively, offensively than what they did last year. And I just think it's, it's a one year thing. I think you got to watch them. I think next year they could regress back down, but uh, for this year, I expect them to go over seven wins. Let's move on to the Carolina Panthers. They bring in a new quarterback in Sam Darnold. They also bring in some defensive help with Hassan Reddick from Arizona. 
they had a what in my opinion a really good draft. I love what Carolina did in the draft this year. But ultimately, when you're talking the Panthers, there's two things that come up. One is Christian McCaffrey's health. Is he healthy? Will he stay healthy? That is obviously important uh, there in Carolina. But the big question is Sam Darnold. Is he going to play up to the potential that he was drafted uh, for in New York? Now he moves down to Carolina. He's got a quarterback-friendly offensive system. And I think he's a talented quarterback. I, I was... One of the people who said Carolina should not draft a quarterback uh, in the draft because they had Sam Darnold. And I say that knowing that Justin Fields was there when they picked. So it's you're going, oh, my goodness. Uh, but here they are. They add help to the defense. They bring in some, some good pieces in, in the uh, draft. Sam Darnold's really the key here for Carolina. Um I, we both like Matt Rule. We think the system is good in, in Carolina. Think he's going to continue to work in Carolina. What's your thoughts this season for the Panthers? Um, again, I, I I like the coach, and I I think they should do well. You're right. Darnold is going to be the issue. Um, obviously, if, if the Carolina people uh, know their football and know their football players, um, you know they made a pretty big commitment with Darnold, like you said, with the trade. And then not, um, then not drafting a quarterback. But I think Sam Darnold will do just fine. Um, and I think he'll develop into maybe one of the top quarterbacks, but I think he can have a good year. McCaffrey again, if he's healthy, then, um, you know, he's going to carry a lot of things. And like I said, I think they have a good defense and, uh, they made some good draft picks. I think the whole general tenor of Carolina will be positive. Um, with the fans, with the team. And I think that's one good thing about getting a coach from college. I think it always helps there as far as uh, excitement and some extent with the players. So I would expect Carolina to have a good season. Fantasy-wise, you look at Carolina, you got to look at Christian McCaffrey. Uh, he's one of the top players in the fantasy draft. Many people will take him number one overall. Uh, the other guy to look for in Carolina, personally, I think the best wide receiver in Carolina this year is going to be Robbie Anderson. DJ Moore is going above Robbie Anderson. Both of them are going relatively high in the wide receiver world, at least. And uh, But Sam Darnold, Robbie Anderson, they have some history together. You add that to the talent that's there as well. I think Robbie Anderson becomes the number one fantasy wide receiver in Carolina over DJ Moore. Um, but those are the only two guys, Anderson and McCaffrey. DJ Moore, he's a guy that I stay away from in fantasy drafts. Again, he produces some numbers. He, he plays well here and there. But I don't think there's enough consistency with DJ Moore. So I stay away from him personally. Robbie Anderson, on the other hand, is a guy that I'm, I, I really like this year in the fantasy world. Fantasy players in Carolina, Dad, that you're watching for. I mean, I, I think, like I said, McCaffrey, you know, is pretty much everybody's number one pick there. Um, Darnold will be interesting where you can take him. It, he's definitely worth a chance if you can add him to your team. And I think you're right about the wide receivers. Um, Anderson, he, didn't he play with Darnold at the Jets? Yeah. yeah. So there's a little bit that, that should help a little bit from there. Um, he's always been a guy that has great potential fantasy wise. And, uh, this could be just a really good shot for him. Fantasy quarterback wise. Um, if you had to just take one quarterback, so you're not talking about being your second quarterback to fill in in the bye week or injury-wise, but you had to get one quarterback. Uh... Hi, I'm Maria. And I'm Mike. And we're Team, Team ready. ready. Black Hills Energy knows your home is where your heart is, so they want you to be ready. It's all about keeping you safe, prepared, and making your home as energy efficient as possible. Everything from how to weatherize your home to how to stay safe during extreme weather. Be ready for anything. Go to blackhillsenergy.com slash team ready. Sam Darnold or Jameis Winston? Sam Darnold. Okay. I don't know that I would go there. I like Sam Darnold. I think the potential's good this year. Jameis has proved that he can put up a lot of yards and a lot of points, and he's in a system to do that as well. But I think it's relatively close with those. I was going to throw Matt Ryan in there too, but to me, Matt Ryan is far and above a better fantasy quarterback than Darnold or Winston, for that matter, um, as well. I don't have any sleepers for Carolina. 
There are some there, I'm sure, but for me, I, there's nobody else that I'm really looking at as far as a sleeper goes. Rookies to watch for this year, they've got two. Terrence Marshall, wide receiver out of Auburn. Um, I, I'm still waiting to see how much he's going to get to play. If he's on the field, he's going to produce some numbers and uh, super athletic. And look for Terrence Marshall, especially as the season goes on, to get involved. And then the backup running back, Chubba Hubbard, comes in as well. And I think he'll get some touches. And McCaffrey always has some health issues at some point in the season. So that's a guy to watch for. Not necessarily draft, but a guy to watch for as the season goes on as well. The win total for the Carolina is at 7.5. So basically they're saying they're going to win seven games. Um, your thoughts on the win total for Carolina? Well, I think it'll be higher than that. I would think they could be uh, 9 or 10, but uh, I, I would Ooh. say over on that. All right, 9 or 10 for Carolina. My goodness. Uh, I'm going under. I'm going at 7, actually. It's the number that I've got for Carolina. I like them. They're probably my favorite team in the South this year. I just don't think it's lining up for them between the schedule and uh, what they've got going for them. I think it's going to take one more year. I think you'll. I think Carolina is going to be that team where you look at and you go, listen, the record doesn't look great, but the product on the field is solid, and it's going to get better. So I think it's a team that's building right now. Uh, so I've got them at under. Let's go to New Orleans and the Saints. Um, no real major additions. Again, you look at subtractions. you got to look at losing their Hall of Fame quarterback in Drew Brees. Um, Michael Thomas, between the drama and the injuries, you know, is he ever going to play in New Orleans again? I, I don't think he is, but uh, nonetheless, so you're, you're going to be missing him at the very least here early in the season. So the ultimate question in New Orleans is the quarterback. Now, any person with an ounce of common sense is going to know that Jameis Winston should be the starting quarterback in New Orleans. Taysom Hill is a phenomenal athlete. He has some good flashes of different things. He is not a number one quarterback in the NFL, and I will die on that hill. Uh, the wide receivers are going to have to overachieve. Even if Jameis is throwing the ball without Michael Thomas there, they do not have a legit number one guy. So the wide receivers, and I like their wide receivers, but they're going to have to overachieve some. They've got a veteran defense, so that should help kind of calm the storm a little bit early on. But the system is what the system is. It has worked. It has produced offense, points, yards, all that kind of stuff. You throw in Alvin Kamara to the situation as well, and you go, hey, this team always has a chance. I think Jameis Winston starting quarterback, Alvin Kamara starting running back gives you hope that there's going to at least be points on the board for New Orleans. The question is, can the D keep the other teams out of the end zone and make it competitive to me, the Saints are the most intriguing team this year in the NFC South. Your thoughts on New Orleans? Um, like I said, I've, I like Sean Payton as a coach, um, but I, I don't agree with a lot of what you said there. The idea <laughs> that, um, well, the system is a system. Yeah, you had a Hall of Fame quarterback. You had one of the top wide receivers in the game. You lose both of them, and that, that system has had both of those players for a while. So, um, I mean, again, you know, Sean Payton is a solid coach and I think he, he'll try to keep everything together, but I don't see losing those two players being in the division they're in where we're talking about people getting better. I don't think they have a starting quarterback uh, that's going to be successful, uh, from there. I don't think it fits the system. And um, now Camara, I like a lot, and I think he'll keep him in it. The defense could keep him in it, but uh, to me, you know, New Orleans is going to not be the New Orleans Saints they've been the last several years. Who's a better NFL quarterback today, Jameis Winston or Teddy Bridgewater? I'd almost <laughs> say Bridge. I'd say Bridgewater. All right, so Bridgewater, you remember, played and went undefeated when Breeze was injured at New Orleans. He went four or five games. I don't remember which one. Did not lose a game while Breeze was out. Um, so now, you know, that's where I get the system from. And I like Teddy Bridgewater. I think he should be the Broncos' starting quarterback. I think Jameis is better than Teddy. Now, Jameis makes more mistakes than Bridgewater, but Jameis also is more explosive 
than Bridgewater as well. Bridgewater fits into that Alex Smith. Um, oh, who's the other quarterback I'm thinking of? But these guys that um, uh, Andy Dalton, that kind of range uh, of quarterbacks for Teddy Bridgewater. He's a guy that can kind of keep your team afloat. I think he's better than Ryan Fitzpatrick, but he's in that, you know, he has a ceiling of how many games your team's going to win with him at quarterback. Jameis, if the year not starting, the year sitting behind Drew Brees, the year being coached by Sean Payton, where he could just sit and learn, if if he improves because of that year, and I'm expecting that he will, then all of a sudden the guy that threw for 4,000 yards and 30 touchdowns, if he can cut his, his 30 interceptions down to 12 interceptions, now you're looking at a dangerous quarterback in the NFL. Jameis has the ability. The question is, is can he fix his problems? He's had a year to do it underneath a good coach and behind an all-time great quarterback that I think was investing into him while he was there. So for that reason, that's why I'm high on Jameis, assuming that he is improved over the last time we saw him in Tampa Bay. Um, <laughs> an interesting team, needless to say. Fantasy studs in New Orleans, I've got one, and that's Alvin Kamara. I think he is, again, a top three fantasy pick, and um, and I'm picking number three in our draft, Dad, so I don't know if he'll make it to me or not. But I've got him up there in the top three. If he's sitting there at three, I'm probably taking him. Anybody else on New Orleans to watch out for on fantasy as far as guys that are locks to be good in fantasy this year? Well, I think Kamara is the guy from there. There's no doubt about that. As far as rankings and looking at them, I think they probably have a good tight end. And again, depending on the quarterback, you know, you're always looking if, you know, if you're in a league where you want two tight ends, um, you know, again, I don't think their wide receivers are real strong. And um, I, I think the tight end might be a possibility to keep an eye on. Yeah, I've got Adam Troutman, the tight end, as a sleeper. Um Again, they they drafted him last year, so he's a guy that they liked coming into it. So ideally, they're going to find ways to implement him into the offense. Another sleeper I have is Marquez Callaway, the wide receiver. I love Marquez Callaway, and I think he is going to produce very, very well this year. And then I've got Jameis Winston on right there. And this is when we're talking Jameis Winston fantasy football. We're talking about value pick. This is a guy you can get super late in the draft. We'll talk about that more uh, if we've got time here at the end of the episode. But um, he's a guy that you can get good value on. So Marquez Callaway, Adam Troutman, Jameis Winston, all guys to watch for. No rookie uh, offensive players to keep an eye on fantasy-wise with New Orleans this year. They're at nine and a half wins for their win total. Uh, you sound pretty negative on them, so I'm guessing you're going under nine and a half. Oh, yes, un- under <laughs> nine and a half for sure. I was surprised to see that number. Nine and a half, I thought, was high uh, expectations there for the Saints. I'm going under, but I think they're at eight wins. I think they're third in the division and uh, and come out of this season again. I think that they, they get the answer one way or the other if they have their quarterback for down the road or not, whether it's Jameis Winston or they have to go out and draft someone at another time. All right, let's get to the Super Bowl champion, Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Boy, I hate saying that. Uh, not, not any big additions in Tampa. They're running it back. They bring everybody back from the Super Bowl team, uh, for the most part. Um, my question with Tampa is who's going to carry the running back load? Uh, we saw, uh, Leonard Fournette kind of, in my opinion, separate himself from the other running backs. Uh, but they bring in some help with Giovanni Bernard. And he's an interesting piece that has played a, an interesting role for Cincinnati. Now you add him to Tampa with Ronald Jones and with um, Leonard Fournette as well. So will there be a consistent running back there? Will someone uh, advance themselves and get the opportunities? Then the other question is Tom Brady. Will he start declining? Um, he's declined some, but not much to this point in his career. And and so the question is, is will he? Will we see that drop off? Because typically with these older quarterbacks, they play okay, and the next thing you know, all of a sudden, they're just bad. The arm strength's gone and all that kind of stuff. I don't think that's going to happen with Tom this year. Uh, but nonetheless, that's where the question lies. So your thoughts on Tampa? Will they defend the Super Bowl uh, as Super Bowl champions? What's their outlook this year? Well, again, Tampa's going to be very good. You know, they've got everybody back. Um, I think the key will be, you know, keeping everyone together, keeping everyone focused and driven 
Um, some teams don't have any problem with that. You know, again, and Brady has a history of that. At New England, they didn't have any trouble with one to go every year. But he, they kind of brought in some interesting guys, and it all fit well last year. And I think even the defense is some of that. You have to look at guys. Is everybody going to stick together? And I think it boils down to I think Brady will play great at quarterback. Can he keep everyone together? As you know, I am not a fan of the coach. I don't think he will be the guy that can keep everybody together. I already think some of his comments in the offseason are not the type of thing that encourages everybody on the team. Um, but, again, I don't think he coached a lot last year. I think he's smart, let Brady have it, and um, Brady got him to the Super Bowl. Uh, from there, obviously, he did have something to do with it, but um, – you know, I, I don't know. You know, Leonard Fournette was one of the big additions, him and Gronkowski. I mean, Gronkowski is a guy that Brady, you know, when, when you need something, uh, he knows he can go to him. And um, But they've got a lot of weapons. Um, it is, is interesting. Anytime you look at the idea of bringing everybody back, normally if you don't get better, you do decline. Um, and they're going to have the same guys. Uh, and I think it's hard. I've seen, I've, I've read a lot about teams in the past that, you know, were very successful and they just assumed, well, the next year we're going to be that successful too. And it didn't work that way. Well, I think Brady adds so much in that, that area. And you mentioned it earlier, but he's going to be focused. Brady is, you know, he is. And so he's going to have his guys, especially on offense focused up, but from stories we've heard from past teammates, he's not afraid to go mix it up with the defensive guys either and let them know when they're slacking off. Bruce Arians, I'm not a huge fan of either, but his coaching staff is very, very good. He's got solid guys that have a different personality than he has. And this team is going to be focused, especially on offense. You're talking about, you know, they didn't add. So since they didn't add a whole lot of pieces, can they get better? Well, the one thing they're adding is practice. <laughs> They've had a whole season together, but now they actually have a, a full a full off season together as well, which can make them maybe better. The question is, like you said, do the players start to get into this uh, individual, individualistic mindset or can they stay team-oriented? That's what we talked about last week with the Packers that I'm scared of with Aaron Rodgers is him going off on his own and not being a part of the team. Now, in Tampa, I don't have that worry about Tom Brady. He's going to be team-oriented. The question is, is Indomitian Sue, uh, some of these other defensive players, are they going to continue to buy into the team? And uh, I think I think overall, I think yes. I think Tampa will be dangerous as well. Let's go um, fantasy football-wise with Tampa. As far as the studs go, I've only got two. I think they'll have a lot of people contribute fantasy football-wise. Not knowing how much of the load the running backs are going to get, I'm not putting any of the running backs in this. Tom Brady, as good as he is, he's going to put up some stats. I still worry about his fantasy value and uh, not sure that I, I love Tom Brady as my fantasy quarterback. So my two guys that I've got are two receivers, and that's Mike Evans and Godwin. And those are the two guys that I just think you got to watch for uh, on the fantasy-wise. Both of them get their numbers. Antonio Brown's still back. He's going to get some catches, but overall it's going to be those two guys, Evans and Godwin, that are getting the big load. Any other guys? Gronkowski you mentioned as a guy that's important to the team. Fantasy-wise, Gronk is irrelevant. Um, you know, So the, the running backs is the question, and Tom Brady's the question. Your thoughts on fantasy stuff for Tampa? Um, well, obviously the two wide receivers. I don't think Brady, again, fantasy-wise, is one you take in the top three or four, but boy, the way they did last year and, you know, having everybody back, I don't think you'd be hurting for him to be your number one quarterback from there. Um, same way with Leonard Fournette. Um, you know, I think he's going to score touchdowns. Um, and he's going to rack up some yards. I mean, he's going to be effective when he's in there if the offensive line plays like they did, uh, last year. So I think he could be very good. Gronkowski is going to score touchdowns, uh, not to get a lot of receptions, probably not a lot of yards, but I think, you know, uh, he is going to get his touchdowns is something to look at there. Uh, fantasy wise, you know, their defense was phenomenal last year. They should be a good defense again this year. Um, from there, 
Um, a guy that was supposed to be real good last year, but I don't think did as well. And I don't know if you really call him a sleeper is OJ Howard. Um, you know, again, Gronkowski's going to be in on some of the plays, but I think he could be a lot better there. And not only do I call OJ Howard a sleeper, he is my sleeper for Tampa, uh, tied in Gronk. Listen, I, to me, Gronk is maybe a tight end that you pick up if you got a guy injured, you need a guy for one week. He's just not going to be consistent. He's not going to give you the points consistently that you need. O.J. Howard is athletic. He's talented. And due to injuries and different things, he's not had the, the, the full opportunities yet, especially with Tom Brady. So I think this year is the year for O.J. Howard. If, for some reason, O.J. Howard can't find a way to be effective this year, then I think he's done for as far as fantasy relevance go. Uh, Tampa Bay win total, 11 and a half. Your thoughts on that? Um, I think they'll be over that. I think they'll be 12 or 13. Yep, I got them at 12 wins. I think there's going to be some bumps along the way. Part of that's going to be maybe if some guys don't take a team seriously and they come out and get beat one day just because they weren't ready for that team uh, there. So I've got them at 12 wins as well. All right. Uh, so I've got it going Tampa, Atlanta, New Orleans, Carolina in the NFC South. How do you have it breaking down uh, as far as the records go? I have Tampa, Carolina, New Orleans, and Atlanta. All right. So there you go. The NFC South uh, predictions. We're going to get to the AFC South here next. First, I want to let people know, though, about our local sponsor, IPM Pest and Termite. Uh, they are Central Kentucky's Neighborhood Pest Professionals. They've actually joined on with us for the local hour, but we're going to give them some love here in this podcast as well. If you live in Central Kentucky, visit myipm.com, and you can set up uh, an opportunity to get taken care of with all your pest needs, whether it be ants, centipedes, spiders, mice, termites, or any other thing you can think of. Get a hold of IPM through myipm.com. All right, Dad, let's get to the AFC. We're going to start off with the Houston Texans. Why not? Um, not a whole lot of uh, great additions, I would say, but some interesting additions to Houston this year. Of course, they got a new coach, but Tyrod Taylor comes in at quarterback. Mark Ingram and Philip Lindsley are there at the running back position uh, as well. And so some interesting additions there. When you look at Houston, Dad, the issue always comes back to quarterback. Deshaun Watson has said he's not going to play in Houston. The reality is, is Deshaun Watson might not play anywhere. Uh, so, so when you're looking at this team right now, you're trying to figure out, well, that means Tyrod Taylor or maybe the rookie Mills gets an opportunity, whatever it is. But the question comes down to this team. What are they going to do? How are they going to do it? David Coley, uh, in as the, uh, head coach and this team just doesn't look good. They've got, Veteran wide uh, running backs, excuse me, their entire running back group is veterans. David Johnson, Mark Ingram, Philip Lindsay. Um, and they've got the classic no one believes in us team. This is a team that comes in and they're being told you're not going to win a game this year. And so they're coming in um, with a chip on their shoulder. And can David Coley coach? I have no idea. Um, we know Houston is horrible at, at um, with their upper management putting together a team the trades that they've made, the free agent signings they've done, the drafts have been somewhat questionable as well. Oh, Houston, uh, how far you have fallen uh, from the days of Deshaun Watson and DeAndre Hopkins. What's your thoughts on Houston this year? Um, you know, I definitely I, I think they're in trouble. Um, again, quarterback, I think Tyrod Taylor, you know, will probably be their quarterback and he'll be serviceable maybe, but – I don't think they have, you know, everything to go along there. Um, they do have some veteran running backs. Um, and again, you got cooks at wide receiver, but, uh, basically I, I think Houston's going to be in trouble. Uh, like I said, without Deshaun Watson and, you know, there, when you talk about leadership and whatever, you know, when you talked about Houston, well, you always said, well, they, this could happen, but you know, you got JJ Watt where you don't have him anymore. And I think that'll be a big loss to Houston all the way along. Yeah, I mean, you look at the team. Brandon Cooks is talented, but you got to have someone throw him the football. 
Um, you know, Philip Lindsay right now is the guy number one slotted in as number one running back, but you got Mark Ingram, Davis Johnson, Rex Burkhead, uh, behind him. You look at the other receivers, Chris Conley, Kiki Kuti, um, the rookie Nico Collins, Anthony Miller comes over from Chicago. None of those guys are scary. The offensive line is eh, not great. Laramie Tunsil, he's the big name, of course, there. Uh, a lot of question marks there. You go to the defensive side, you still got Whitney Marcellus. Uh, that's there. They've got some okay defensive linemen. Linebacker, you know, I don't love Christian Kirksey is there. Zach Cunningham, the, the D-backs are, ugh, you know, average. This is a just a bad team altogether. They they may not be trying to tank, but that's exactly what's going to happen uh, for them as well. When it comes to fantasy football in Houston, I don't have a single player that I'm drafting from Houston. Brandon Cooks is the best one, uh, but again, are they going to be able to give him the ball? You could look at Philip Lindsay if he's starting. If he's going to get a heavy load, he's going to have some opportunities. But I just, for me, there's not a single player on this Texans team that I'm comfortable with, uh, with with drafting fantasy wise. Anybody there that you're looking at for fantasy with Houston? Well, I think the only guy would be a late round running back would be Lindsay. Um, you know, I've liked him before when he was in Denver, and I think he could. Um, have potential, but again, he wouldn't be one of the top two or probably even three running backs you would want to get. Two rookies to watch for, Davis Mills, the quarterback. I don't think he's going to play this year, um, but out of Stanford. And then the wide receiver, Nico Collins, if he is given the opportunity to be on the field, he's a guy that might be able to produce some value at some point this season as well for the rookies. Win total is at five. How in the world do they get five wins? I'm going under this five-win total. How about you, Dad? Yeah, I'd agree. I think under five. I don't believe they'll get to five. Uh, one win on this team. I, I mean, I don't know. My guess is we'll be sitting there and trying to figure it all out uh, at some point in in this season. So, all right, let's get on to Indianapolis. I'm having internet issues, so I want to make sure we get through this. <laughs> uh, Indianapolis Colts. They bring in quarterback Carson Wentz. See if we can fix that real quick. All right. You got me? Yep. Okay. Yeah, I'm having internet issues over here at the house, so hopefully we'll get through the whole episode. Uh, The Colts bring in Carson Wentz, and uh, he's injured, so we're not sure what's going to happen there. Can they... Uh, can the backup quarterback hold the fort until Wentz returns is the question. Eason uh, is there. He was drafted. He was brought in. He needs to be the guy. Uh, Sam Ellinger is getting some opportunity as well. But whoever is going to win that job, they're going to have to hold the fort for sure until Wentz gets back. they got a solid defense. They add Quiddy Pay. They need a bump from Michael Pittman at receiver this year. He needs to be better uh, this year for them to succeed as well. When it comes to Indianapolis, my thing that I look at with them is Jonathan Taylor. I was all in on him at the draft. I'm all in on him again this year. Love what Jonathan Taylor's doing and uh, think that he's going to be successful there in Indianapolis this year. Your thoughts on the Colts? Well, again, I think the advantage they have is a division they're in. Um, again, they have a very, very good defense. Should be able to keep them in it. I do hope Carson Wentz. Um, you know, gets back quickly uh, just to see what he can do. But like you said, Taylor's very good. And uh, Indianapolis, uh, hopefully, depending on who their quarterback is, um, you know, we'll be able to get through a couple wins early and then really get going. Fantasy-wise with Indianapolis, for me, it's Jonathan Taylor. Carson Wentz, depending on when he's going to get back, um, is kind of a question mark for me. But right now I'm looking at Jonathan Taylor as the guy in Indianapolis to get at fantasy-wise. I like Carson Wentz, and you're going to be able to get him at value this year. I like T.Y. Hilton. I think he's going to have a good season, not as a fantasy stud, maybe more as a sleeper. And I like Michael Pittman as well. I think he has to get better, right? So so I kind of got him in that sleeper mold as well. Fantasy-wise in Indianapolis, who do you like? Um, well, again, Jonathan Taylor is the main guy you look at. Um, when you look at defense, they have one of the better defenses uh, from there. I think Pittman will be better. Uh, I liked him coming out of college, liked him last year, and I think he could be better. 
I've always liked T.Y. Hilton. He's getting older, so you know I, I, I don't know how much you can depend on him, uh, but he is explosive. And their tight end's been, been reliable, Doyle, um, over the years. So that's kind of guys to look at, but Taylor's the guy you want. I still cannot believe they haven't traded for Zach Ertz at tight end uh, with him wanting out of Philadelphia. It looks like right now he's not going to get out of Philadelphia, but I just thought it made sense for him to go to, to Indianapolis there as well, but didn't happen. The whole season, we talk about win totals comes down to Carson Wentz, in my opinion. Their win total, the last I checked, was at 10, and I think that's lofty with Carson Wentz injured, and you're not sure exactly when he's going to be back. As well, is Eason going to get you ten wins? I don't think so. Is Sam Ellinger going to get you ten wins? I don't think so. Uh, they brought in Brett Hundley. Is he going to get you ten wins? No. So they need Carson Wentz to get to that ten win mark. Since he's injured, I've got him going under. Uh, how about you? Ten wins for the Colts. Um, again, it depends when Carson. If Carson Wentz is gone half the season, then no, they won't get ten wins. If he's back four games into the season yes i think they can get 10 wins all right so let's see here yeah if he misses that'd be missing a quarter of the season pretty much if he misses four four games uh that'll be interesting to see i mean you play the texans twice so there's two wins um you play the jaguars twice that should be at least one win if not two wins and then you play the titans twice that's an easy two wins no maybe not but uh uh houston there or excuse me, Indianapolis, I've got them going. To, I've got them at nine wins, and that was a counting in the fact that Wentz is hurt. And so I think that's where they land under 10 wins. Speaking of the Jaguars and the Tim Tebow-less Jaguars, Urban Meyer steps in as the head coach. They bring in Trevor Lawrence in the draft. They add Carlos Hyde to the running back room with the rookie Travis Etienne. Um, Shaquille Griffin comes over on defense to help out as well was a pretty big signing for them. Of course, I had Tim Tebow on the list, but he's not there anymore, so we got to take him off. Um, this is a, an above-average defense and a promising offense. The defense has some really good players, but they also have some holes. So the question is going to be is how can Jacksonville make it work with the defense that they have? I expect Josh Allen, the rush edge, um, to have a phenomenal season. He had a down sophomore year after a phenomenal rookie year. That Jacksonville defense was gutted last year. So I expect him to step up and get some more sacks again this year. On offense, you're talking about Trevor Lawrence. How quickly can he adjust to the pro game? They've got him some weapons. I've always liked the wide receivers uh, in Jacksonville. Uh, DJ Shark. I love LaVisky Chenault as well. There are some, some other guys there that can really fill the voids for him. For me, the biggest question about Jacksonville is the head coach, Urban Meyer. Um, does he transition offensively? Does he transition to things that work in the NFL? Can he make it work with Trevor Lawrence? I think Lawrence is a good quarterback, but let's face it. Rookie quarterbacks, especially at Jacksonville, don't have uh, um, everything they necessarily need to succeed. So it could be a rough year in Jacksonville as well. Your thoughts on the Jacksonville Jaguars? Well, again, like I said, it falls a lot on Urban Meyer, but again, he's got a good staff. And I think he'll create um, excitement there. I know the fan base uh, is excited, and I think they'll be improved. I don't know how well they will do, but I think these will be one of the teams, like you said, that when the season's over, you'll say, boy, you know, they're, they're getting better. They're headed in the right direction, and that's what's important. You know, Trevor Lawrence, I mean, is a rookie quarterback, um, but you don't know. I mean, he's got ability. He's won a lot of games. And if you get things going, you know, you've got, you know, the running back that's really good. You've got some wide receivers. Actually, you got two running backs that are pretty good. And, um, again, if their defense keeps them in it, um, I, I think they'll be improved. I'm not sure how much. Yeah, the defense is the concern for me outside of the coaching staff and and uh, what they can do with it. Trevor Lawrence, to me, I put him right up there with Deshaun Watson as far as my confidence that he's going to be a successful quarterback coming out of the draft. Um, he's right up there with him. Everybody's compared him to Andrew Luck and the promise that he had coming out as well. Lawrence will not be the issue. The issue will be other other areas of the team 
as well. They've got a decent offensive line, so I don't expect that to be too big of a problem. Last year, you mentioned it, James Robinson at running back had a phenomenal year last year out of nowhere, surprised everybody. Now you add to that Travis Etienne, who's going to get some some pass-catching opportunities out of the backfield as well. Uh, when it comes to fantasy players in Jacksonville, I think Trevor Lawrence is going to be worth keeping an eye on. I think James Robinson is going to be the stud at running back for Jacksonville. And I think LaVisca Chenault is the guy to get as far as wide receivers go. I, I'm a big DJ Shark fan, and he's going to get his catches. But for me, LaVisca Chenault is the guy fantasy-wise in Jacksonville uh, to have with the wide receiver position. Tight end-wise, don't love what they got there. So I'm going quarterback, running back, wide receiver in Jacksonville when it comes to fantasy football. How about you, Dad? No, I, I think that's exactly where it is. And it's interesting from a fantasy standpoint, you know, where do you pick Trevor Lawrence? Where does he fit in uh, from there? You know, if you wait and he turns out to really have a great year, um, again, you know, you pick him early and he doesn't. Um, that's probably an interesting question. Uh, Robinson and ETN, interesting to see where we go with those two. You know, again, I don't know what the, the plan will be at Jacksonville, but that might be a real good two-headed running back situation where they switch them in, keep them fresh. Um, and I think they're somewhat the same style uh, to an extent. And like I said, Robinson was really good. Um, and again, I think uh, Chenault, you know, has real potential wide receiver. Yeah, I, oh man, I'm huge on Chenault. You're talking about Trevor Lawrence, where you draft him. It kind of depends on the kind of league that you're in. If you're just in a one-year league, you're not taking Lawrence early. If you're in a keeper league, a dynasty league, then you're looking at Trevor Lawrence much earlier in the draft than you would otherwise because of his potential down the road. But if you want to win this year, I'm not sure Trevor Lawrence is the quarterback to do it for you. But who knows? We could be all, I could be wrong and he might be the greatest thing, but I'm, he's a guy I'm definitely keeping an eye on. Uh, when it comes to rookies, Lawrence and ETN are the two guys. Both of them are going to give you some numbers this year. I think ETN is, you're going to see the most of him in pass catching opportunities. He will obviously get some carries, but I think he's going to, if you're in a PPR league, ETN is going to be, I think, at least somewhat valuable for you there. Jaguars win total dad is at six, one game above the Texans win total. Do you think they go over or under in Trevor Lawrence's first year? I think they go over and get seven. All right. So I've got them right at six. Um, looking at the schedule and everything there, I, it's not easy. So that's where I've got them at six wins. It wouldn't surprise me if they had seven. It wouldn't surprise me if they had eight even, but I think I've got them at six wins there. All right, let's get to Tennessee. Uh, Tennessee Titans, they bring in Julio Jones. He was the big get this offseason. They also bring in Bud Dupree over on the defensive side of the ball. Uh, this defense should be stout. I think the offense is going to be worse this year than last year, and they were good last year, so it doesn't mean they're going to be bad. I just think they're going to go backwards on offense, even with having Julio Jones, A.J. Brown, Derek Henry and Ryan Tannehill. And my reason for that is I'm afraid Ryan Tannehill is going to think that he's going to have to get the ball to Julio Jones and he's going to have to get the ball to AJ Brown. And they, they lose out on that, that stud tight end. No more John U. Smith there either. And so I, my fear has been the Titans offense goes away from what they're best at and that's running the football. And when you put all your eggs in the Ryan Tannehill basket, I'm afraid the eggs are going to get cracked. Um, they have no quarterback depth, by the way. If Ryan Tannehill goes down, this team is horrible. So, uh, and I'm not a huge Ryan Tannehill guy. So, uh, that being said, what do you think about the Titans this year? Well, I, I, again, they've been strong. They've surprised me the last couple of years. And when you look at where they're at and where their strength is, I see no reason why they shouldn't do fairly well again this year. Tannehill, again, surprised me when they got him, but he's done well. I don't think he'll uh, regress. Um, Derrick Henry, I mean, the, you know, the Titans always do strange things, but why in the world you would go away from Derrick Henry? And I, my thinking is use Derrick Henry like you've always used, and that helps sets up the pass. And now you've got two guys that can catch it. There's no way they can guard both of those guys. And they both can go deep or they both can make moves. And uh, I think Derrick Henry, I mean, I, I just can't see the idea of 
all of a sudden we're going to give Derrick Henry a lot less touches and try to just throw the ball. I think this will be a run the, run the, run the ball to set up the pass. And I think Julio Jones, as much as I'm not a Titans fan, could end up being a great addition. I don't think he's done yet. If he was Atlanta, I'd be high on him. And um, I don't think there's any reason not to be at the Titans. And Brown has been very good. Now, who they're going to have a tight end, I don't know. Their offensive line's always a little bit suspect because you don't know whether Lawan's going to be, um, you know, at the game or suspended or in jail. You don't know. But outside of that, I think, um, you know, I, I think the Titans, while I'm not a Titan fan, and I don't know how solid the coaching is there, and they did lose their offensive coordinator. So uh, it'll be interesting to see. But I think they could do better than you think. Listen, I don't think they're going to do bad, all right? I just think they're going to go backwards. And they're in a weak division this year. With Carson Wentz hurt, it just makes it even a weaker division, which gives them opportunities. Todd Downing, the new offensive coordinator, he's going to be the one under pressure. I like Vrabel as a coach. I think he's a good coach, but he's a defensive guy. So now you bring in the offensive coordinator, and now the pressure is, hey, we've given you a Hall of Fame wide receiver, while on the other side we got a wide receiver who thinks he's a Hall of Fame wide receiver. and then trying to get them the ball is Ryan Tannehill when in the right system, he's great. But if you take him out of what he's good at, which is more of a game manager, and I know people are going to argue, oh, look at his stats, fine. But that's what he is. He's a game manager. And if you try to take him out of that where now he has to be the guy, that's where I get scared at, and I'm afraid that's what they're going to do. Derrick Henry's still going to get his touches. He's still going to get his touchdowns, all that kind of stuff. But I think they're going to they're gonna blow some games this season because of an effort to try to get someone involved as opposed to just sticking to a game plan that works for them. Uh, Fantasy-wise, Derrick Henry's the guy that I'm going for with the Titans. I, I'm not an A.J. Brown guy. I love Julio Jones, but I don't like him in this situation for fantasy reasons in Tennessee. So Derrick Henry's the one guy in the Titans that I'm looking at. Uh, any thoughts on fantasy guys for Tennessee? Well, I think Derrick Henry, obviously, um, A.J. Brown – you know, had a great year last year. Um, I think he, you know, he's a good wide receiver to look at. Julio Jones, I mean, I don't think he's done playing, and I don't know how you look past who. Oh, I lost Dad for a second there. But anyhow, um, that's just kind of where you look at from there, and. Um, and, you know, Tannehill will be a late-round quarterback. Yeah, I just, man, I don't know. I'm just worried about the fantasy value of these guys. Now, not having a great tight end is going to help the receivers um, because they're going to have to be targeted more. But I, I'm worried about Tennessee fantasy-wise as well. No sleepers for Tennessee for me. Uh, no rookies to watch either. Their win total is at 9.5 wins. Your thoughts over or under for Tennessee at 9.5? Um. They could get 10. I'd probably say 9, 9 or 10. I've got them at 10 wins. I've got them winning the division. Um, and again, all this negative things I say about Tennessee, I still have them first place in the division. So, but I don't trust them in the playoffs or anything like that. I don't trust them in fantasy football. Um, I just think with Carson Wentz getting hurt, that just sets the, sets the floor for them to win the division, uh, going into this season because the Jaguars aren't going to win the division and Houston's not going to win the division either. So I've got a Tennessee. Indianapolis, Jacksonville, Houston. What about you? Um, I have Indianapolis, Tennessee, then Jacksonville and Houston. It's an intriguing division. Uh, it's going to be top heavy, I think, with Tennessee and, and Indianapolis. And, you know, maybe we'll be surprised. Maybe Eason comes out and plays great for Indianapolis and, uh, and is able to hold his own. And, and I mean, they drafted him last year, so they had to think there was some promise there as well. We'll see how all that goes. Uh, I think Eason beats out Ellinger, although there's been some talk about that as well. So that is the NFC and the AFC South predictions and fantasy impact players there for you as well. Um, if you've missed our past episodes, you can go back. We've already covered the East and we've already covered the North. And then on th the next episode, we'll be covering the last division, which is the West division. A lot of interesting things 
going on there in the West as well. If you're listening to us on Unhinged Sports Radio, coming up next is the the boys from High and Wide Radio. So make sure you stay tuned for them. I want to remind you to follow us on social media, Twitter and Instagram. Both of them are at Sports Stove. And uh, lots of things going on there. We'll also cover a lot of uh, local things. We start up high school football this weekend. And uh, so I, I work with uh, Jessamine County, Kentucky, and high school sports. So we'll, we'll be covering a lot of that on the Instagram page as well. But um, nonetheless, follow us there on Twitter and on Instagram. If you missed any part of today's episode, you can catch the entire episode by listening to the Sports Stove Podcast wherever you listen to podcasts. Uh, Dad, any closing thoughts? Uh, no, again, you know, when you talk about fantasy football, as you know, I always like guys with cool names, <laughs> pick a kicker, go to Atlanta. Young Ho Koo doesn't get much better than that. Oh boy. I had to talk about a kicker today. Uh, <laughs> it is there. We've got an episode planned, uh, here in a couple episodes to talk more in detail, fantasy football stuff. Um, that'll be coming here, I think next week actually is the plan for that. So we'll talk about some draft strategies. We'll talk about some individual players and things like that as well. Well, thank you so much for tuning in to tonight's Sports Stove podcast. Again, if you missed any of the episode, make sure you get to the whole episode wherever you get your podcasts. Uh, there, the Sports Stove podcast. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Sports Stove. And if you're in Central Kentucky and you're having some ants, spiders, or any other pests, Make sure you visit myipm.com and give IPM Pest and Termite the opportunity to earn your business, Central Kentucky's Neighborhood Pest Professionals. Thank you so much for tuning into today's Sports Though podcast. Until next time, we'll see you around the sports stove. <laughs>